You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. You're telling me you don't run yourself a nice bubble bath and, and uh, read Fifty Shades of Grey in the bathtub? Ooh, Mr. Grey will see you now. Um, <laughs> grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Every week, John Fraser. I'm actually part Canadian. No do to boot it. Who wants to draft me? Love me a rouge. And Travis Curra. Man, if they go with Sanceri over Brett Smith, then nothing has changed in Saskatchewan. We'll deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Uh, what do you call you're supposed to do the thing where you talk and you pretend like you're like in- interested in the thing, but you just the need interview. the money. Yeah, 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 the, the inner blue. Can't forget the nonsense. I thought you should know I ate two carrot muffins as you were drunk, Jim Barker. Ready, set, hut! One of these days, there's going to be a new intro and Brazilian Thai is going to faint. I'm gonna have to get some good sound bites. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that, that's why we don't have an intro for you because there's not enough material. Uh, <laughs> episode 80, the Two and Out CFL podcast, Brazilian Thai and Travis Curra. I want to send best wishes out to our, I guess, former Canadian Football Podcast Network brother uh, Furlan. He has left the Piffles podcast. Best of luck to both the the show and the guy as well. I, I do wonder, when are we going to get a uh, statement from John Fraser that he's no longer a part of this thing? Uh, does he know how to use a computer? I don't know. I don't, I don't uh, think he cares about anybody except for himself. And you can tell him I said that. And, and Max. <laughs> <laughs> like... I mean, it's his kid. He, he cares about Max. I'll give him Does the benefit he? of the doubt on that. Does he? <laughs> <laughs> now, now we're getting into territory where it's going to tread lightly. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> how's the weather? And I'm being completely serious. In Red Deer, we're expecting two centimeters of snow tonight. My One of my favorite places in the world is Jasper National Park. They have themselves 20 centimeters. How is it in uh, where you are? Uh, well, I got to Lloyd yesterday afternoon because we got shut down in Fort Sask for the rain. We don't have snow yet, and I am wildly disappointed. When is your furnace going on? Oh, it came on, like, it was on last weekend when I was home. Really? I'm still but, running the air conditioning. But I leave my bedroom window open. Okay, okay, that helps. <laughs> so, my room is always cold. Why turn the furnace on if the window's open? I don't pay the bills. Oh, okay, okay. I, I, I'm hanging in there until at least Thanksgiving or Remembrance Day. Like, show them some respect. Leave that furnace off, man. <laughs> That's impressive. Actually, what happened was I left my window open one night, and then I forgot. Okay. And so I'm only home one night a week, usually, and then I went back to work and didn't come home. So when I come home, my room was freezing cold, but the furnace was blasting. <laughs> Trying to counteract that open window. <laughs> yeah. That's a Brazilian tie move. Let's get to the news. <laughs> In the huddle with Fraser and Cura on the Two It Out podcast. Now, usually we don't lead the news segment with fines because, one, there's not really all that many that happen in the Canadian Football League. We don't know the amount that uh, 
players are fined. I guess the max fine is half of a game check, and we don't know the salaries, so we can't uh, help out with that. But three BC Lions were fined after their game against Calgary over the weekend. Chris Rainey, uh, Mika Awi was also fined for two hits, one on Roy Finch, one on Jerome Messam. Damon Washington from Hamilton was also fined for spitting on one of the riders. But maybe the bigger story, and I guess according to Edmonton Eskimo fans, is who wasn't fined. A lot of fans seem to think that Toronto defensive back Matt Black deserves a fine for his hit on Mike Riley. He was not fined. What say you, Brazilian tie? The league got it right. He wasn't targeting the head. I get it. It should have been a penalty. Yes, by the rules, you can't touch the quarterback's head. I get it. It was face mask to face mask. He didn't leave with the crown. It was incidental contact. It's not a fine. Shut it. We saw what happened with Chris Ackie of the Alouettes earlier this season hitting mm-hmm. uh, Blue Bombers quarterback uh, Matt Nichols. He led with the crown of his helmet. I, I think that the reason there was contact there in that hit back in week six is because Matt Nichols ducked down and uh, it ended up becoming yeah. a head-to-head hit because of that. But I, I guess the crazy thing here is I guess it's two games in a row with very you know tough calls. Uh, and multiple tough calls that happened here uh, against the Eskimos. I do think uh, the week before, eh, very gray. This one, the, the principal point of contact was the head, but it was. It, I it bothers me that this could have been a hit on a receiver or a running back, and it's nobody cares. But the the fact that it's on a quarterback, it's. Uh, the biggest deal in the world. But we have seen in the past where a, a player could be, you know, putting his hand up to, you know, block the pass. It brushes the quarterback's helmet, and that's a 15-yard penalty. Yeah, and the thing is, if you're going to make a gray area where if it's incidental contact or not, now you're making the referees make a judgment call. And when it comes to player safety and headshots, I, I get that you don't want to do that. But at some point, it gets a little ridiculous. If Matt Black tries to avoid hitting Mike Riley's face mask, he goes face mask to face mask. Yeah, like even on a on a that's not a penalty in any league because it, you're not leading with the crown of your helmet. Maybe in the NCAA because it's head on head. But so he didn't target it, and that's what everybody is missing here. That the head was not targeted, and if you were to try to avoid that contact, he's going to drop his head and hit Mike Riley with the crown of his helmet under his chin. And then it's going to be World War Three, because who knows if that gets called. And if it does, good. This was a missed call. But to be honest with you, I don't have a problem with them not throwing a flag here, because as far as I'm concerned, it's incidental contact. But I get it by the book, it's a penalty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- any head contact by the book on a quarterback is a penalty. So I agree. It should have been a major foul. I I don't think it should have been a fine. A lot of people do think it should have been a fine. That's fine. I hope we can all uh, (laughs) shake hands over beers and you don't attack me and unfollow me on Twitter and then block me and all these crazy things. Or you're not done with the (laughs) league. If you're done with the league after five straight losses... Uh, you probably weren't that much into the league in the first place. I'm sorry. <laughs> and you're probably yeah. still not listening to this podcast anyway, so I don't know why I'm saying <laughs> well, it. But Well, and let's be honest, these two missed calls aren't the reason that they've lost these last two games. 
you, you put yourself in a position for this to happen, everything leading up to this. So it was just the last call that was made. But it, it's recency bias for a lot of fans. So that, that people are losing their mind over this. And I get it. You're trying to – Mike Riley is the best player in your roster. Without Mike Riley, you, you do have James Franklin, but without Mike Riley makes stuff happen. So I get why they're so pissed. But it's done. There's nothing you can do about to move on. This you got a bye week this week. Everybody be have another week off to get healthy, and uh, they'll be back to go to seven and six next week. <laughs> yeah, both of the calls happen late in the game. Pivotal points in the game. Bottom line, yes, I think it should have been a flag, uh, but not mm-hmm. a fine. I don't think you can fine a player just because they didn't throw the flag. Yeah, that that doesn't make you up for anything. You're kind. Of, that that punishes the player for the ref's mistake. I, yeah. I, I don't get it. Maybe it did kind of happen. Uh, I don't think it's the same situation with Mika Awi of the Lions because those oh. those hits were both nasty. Like that is fine those, worthy. Those, both those hits were a joke. Those are fine worthy and should have been flagged, but neither yeah. of them were. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's the bigger uh, issue here than the, the, the hit on Mike Riley here. I know he's the beloved quarterback and stuff, but uh, that one, to me, uh, were the bigger issues here. Let's get to some transactions. Uh, let's stay with Edmonton. They trade Shamad Chambers to Hamilton for two draft picks. So I think it helps out both teams here. Uh, Hamilton kind of loses Mike Jones because he test positive for a banned substance. I'm not going to pretend I know how to say it. It's probably got about 35 letters in the name. We'll tweet it out after. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. He tests positive for it. Uh, and then the Ticats get the Canadian receiver in Shamad. Uh, Andy Fantou signs a player contract, so he's coming back for the Tiger Cats. And the Eskimos free up some money here to apparently sign Aaron Grimes. It hasn't been made official by the team Pretty much everybody else other than the Eskimos and the CFL have said it's happening. So defensive back Aaron Grimes is going to be probably playing next week against Winnipeg as they're on bye right now, and that's a big add for the Eskimos' defense. And two, that probably means Marcel Young will be on the bench, which makes that defense even better. It does. It does. Uh, they might be better out playing with uh, you know 11 guys. Than, uh, oh. <laughs> than that. Uh, this is funny stuff. Uh, staying with the Eskimos, this is kind of a administrative thing. Len Rhodes, <laughs> president of the Eskimos, likes an, and I quote, inappropriate tweet. I didn't see the tweet, but I think it was basically slamming the Eskimos and their head coach, Jason Moss. Is this our very own scandal? Like Ted Cruz liking a, a very adult picture last week on Twitter. <laughs> oh, it must have been an assistant. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> it was, yeah. Oh, uh, just uh, the person uh, that runs my social media account for me clicked on that. It wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't well, me. <laughs> my I, password I, is password. I, I, I'm willing to bet that he didn't mean to like it, but it still makes for a hilarious an- anecdote. Len is like... 
one of the nicest guys. I, I talked to him mm-hmm. last year about uh, the Fort Mac a relief concert at Commonwealth Stadium and the, the new improvements at the stadium. He's a nice guy. He knew I was a Ryder fan. He said, hey, I love that you can come to our stadium, have a beer, enjoy the rest of the league and, you know, our fans. He's a great guy, and I'm sure he just wanted to like a tweet, said, oh, look, somebody tweeted me, an Eskimo fan, like, and, yeah, it was just, I guess, the wrong <laughs> tweet. <laughs> Uh, we talked about it last week. Alex Bazzi was on his way to BC. That is official now. He'll probably be playing this week. A bit of a release. Uh, the Bombers released TJ Thorpe from their practice roster. He had 300 uh, receiving yards this year. Big body. Looked good when he was in the lineup. Didn't like sitting on the practice roster, so he asked to be released. I have to assume he's, he'll land somewhere before the end of the season. I would think so. It it'd be foolish for him to be not on a roster or at least a practice roster for team to add depth. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers, like a stain in Winnipeg. They lose Jamal Westerman for the season with an upper body injury. I don't know why they tell us the exact details of it right off the bat. If he's out for the year, it, it's, I think hockey started this upper body, lower body stuff. You could literally see a guy get slashed in the mouth, split open his lip and, like, wear a face mask to the next game. Oh, it's an upper body injury. Uh, we won't disclose what happened. I yeah. can see his He's lips got no split. teeth left. He's got an eye picked out by a stick. But, yeah, it's his upper body. He's day-to-day. <laughs> and that's what the Bombers did here. He's out for the year. Come on. They yeah. might be going after Andy Malumba, who's been in the NFL the last few years. Greg Jones was an all-star from the Argonauts in 2015. He was most recently with Saskatchewan. Now he signs in Ottawa after they got rid of Khalil Bass, who, man, that was a big signing in the offseason for the Red mm-hmm. Blacks. He just didn't seem to fit into their system at all. Uh, wasn't playing, so they let him go. And then the Bombers already said, eh, we don't really want Khalil Bass, which <laughs> surprised me a little bit. Yeah, it would make sense that, you know, Winnipeg would maybe be interested in now for them to be like, well, whatever, and not even take a second look at him, it's like, well, Khalil Bass is still a pretty damn good player in this league. Yeah. Um, it may, it might be a scheme issue. I don't know. Maybe just he might be he might be hurt. We don't know. There, we'll never find out that part. He might be nursing an injury or something. But uh, I have a feeling he'll get picked up. I don't see why he wouldn't. Uh, you know, teams. It's getting to that point in the year where. If you don't have depth, you're not going to win football games. Um, every every team's a little banged up, some more than yeah. others. So, I think I think he gets signed somewhere. As for Ottawa, Kevin Elliott took first team reps uh, with the uh, offense on Wednesday. Joshua Stangby is banged up there. Jerron Kreiner was on the field, but Elliott with the first team. Hey, he might be a cheap play on TSN CFL Fantasy this week. Let's go to Regina. A lot of news there. Kevin Glenn will start for the team. This Sunday, Brendan Labatt, Otha Foster, Deron Carter, all expected to play. They were banged up in Hamilton last week, but also some big signings for the Riders. So Marcus Thigpen signs last year. He was in or last week. He was in the NFL for oh six years or something like that. Mm-hmm. He, he had a good career down there. Gets banged up. First game with the Riders. So they bring in Jacoby Ford, former Oakland Raider, was with Edmonton last year in training camp. 
Had an injury late in camp, late cut. The guy is lightning fast. So we'll see when or if he gets out of the field in Regina. But this is the big one. They also signed Eli Eli Buka. And this guy missed his last year at the University of Calgary due to an Achilles injury. He was signed as an undrafted free agent with the Arizona Cardinals. And they apparently liked him. He was there all last year. Uh, he had a hamstring injury. And now they've cut him loose. He's had some workouts with some teams around the National Football League. Didn't stick. So that draft pick all of a sudden uh, from 2016 looks pretty good for the Riders. If he can get on the field and play right away here, Canadian, uh, this guy is a bit mm-hmm. of a game changer if they get him on the field. Yeah, uh, you know, you can have a, especially a corner that's, Usually an American position. You usually have your safeties, yeah. uh, you know, safeties and interior guys playing uh, as Canadians. But uh, so it's a little bit of a ratio buster. But with him and Ed Ganey, I mean, that secondary just looks really good if they both keep. If especially if Ed Ganey keeps playing like he has been, if Buka can stay healthy. And it was a signing in the offseason for the Riders with Marco Bruliette from the Montreal Alouettes. He did retire to focus on his law career. Well, now he's out of retirement and reports to the Riders. This isn't the first player to do this. Bruce Campbell signed with them last year, offensive tackle uh, for the Argos, goes to Saskatchewan. It was a trade, and then he ends up retiring. Well, now he's back. He's starting for the Riders. Marco comes back, and he might start at safety. Mike Edom, their safety, came over from B.C., uh, ends up getting hurt. It might be a long-term thing. So Bruliette and Heck back there. Suddenly, the, the Canadian depth in Saskatchewan has really taken a turn this season. It was pretty brutal to start last year, and it's turned around pretty quick. Yeah, Chris Jones, I don't know what he's done or how he <laughs> did it without cheating. Let's be honest. It's well, Chris who Jones. knows he's not? He's just better at cheating. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, without Canadian depth in this league, you're not going to win football games. Um you have you have to start guys, and those starters have to have backups. And without backups who are serviceable, it's going to be you're you're going to get it's going to get harder and harder for you to have a competitive lineup out on the field. And Saskatchewan, after the start of last year when it was god awful, their Canadian depth might be all close to the top in the CFL right now, and they they have been playing so much better um, because of it. Um, you know, you're, it allows you to start Americans at other skill positions where you don't need to start Canadians because you have enough, and it, it just makes your football team better. It's hands like hands down better. Some more ca- well Canadian but Calgary news. Jerome Messam did not practice on Wednesday. No Devars, Daniels, or Kamar Jordan. So the Stamps pretty banged up heading into Regina on Sunday. And as for the Ottawa. Uh, quarterback situation. Ryan Lindley took the reps. Drew Tate says he's good to go. I'm pretty sure it'll probably be Lindley getting the start behind center for the Red Blacks. For TSN CFL Fantasy, I wouldn't do it. Uh, I do wish I would have took <laughs> Drew. I, I, I do wish I would have took Drew Willie last week. Do you? He only got 78 yards. Wow. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, um, look. Talk, go back to Calgary. Messam doesn't have a concussion, so they are going to dodge that bullet, which is huge. He's got some neck stiffness. His lip's a little cut up, but other than that, he's fine. Um, they're just waiting for the medical team to clear him. So that's 
that could be big for Calgary if he can uh, keep keep healthy or not keep healthy, but be able to return the lineup. And uh, as for who's starting in Ottawa, why would you start Drew Tate at this point? You know he's not going to play a full game. Yeah, I Lindley looks like he he's picking up this game very well, uh, getting more confident the more and more reps he gets in the yeah. offense and. <laughs> Well, it's true, Tate. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just a walking band aid. Yeah, yeah. Drew Willie, by the way, he cost eight hundred ninety six bucks last week. Now he costs five thousand. So talk about inflation. TSN. <laughs> I was going to pick Drew this week. Yeah, I really you wasn't. You could still load up with another spots with a $5,000 quarterback. Maybe I'll go with no quarterback. Like You would have been better off if you skipped the quarterback and then picked Jonathan Jennings last week. <laughs> and the Ottawa defense. Yeah. Actually, no, the Saskatchewan defense with four turnovers. Yeah, they've been, they've been mashing it. But let's talk about the games from last week. Time for the Fantasy Expose on the 2 and Out podcast. We start on Friday Night Football. It was Riders and Ticats. Brandon Bridge, three touchdown passes. The last time a Canadian quarterback did that was 1986 or something like that. The third one went to Naaman Roosevelt. First down for Bridge. Has some time. Open man. It's Roosevelt. Touchdown. Just like that, the Riders make the Ticats pay. 25 penalty yards, a disqualification to a halfback, a starting halfback, and one throw. And it's touchdown Saskatchewan. That was right after DeMond Washington had the spitting incident. And, man, I have to say... Uh, what ref called that? Bradbury, Al Bradbury called that penalty <laughs> the disqualification with authority. He was mad. Yeah, and I, we didn't have sound on at Boston Pizza, but it looked hilarious on TV. <laughs> it was unreal. It was like one of those really bad silent films. <laughs> it was so good. So in in this game, there was really no run game, Jeremiah Mazzoli was the leading rusher with 62 yards. Yeah, nobody seemed to want to hand the ball off, which I get it. It's the CFL. It's not really a running league, but if you're not going to run the ball, it's going to be pretty hard to go deep down the field because the the corners are just going to drop back and protect on the long ball. So I don't know. I like balance in my offense. Didn't really get it from either either side on Friday night. Mazzoli is turning into, a, I'd say, a pretty good fantasy option here. He's pretty cheap, 62 yards rushing, 328 in the air with a touchdown. Did have the two interceptions there. He might be a decent option this week against uh, BC. Jalen Saunders had himself 10 catches, 138 yards, and a touchdown. Maybe that's a good pairing. Or Brandon Banks, who's seeing more and more time on the offense, and I think he's just mm-hmm. getting better and better there. Yeah, the more touches he gets, the better he's going to get, and we've seen it with returns. The more times he touches the ball, the better he gets. So I don't know why it's taken them so long to figure this out in Hamilton, but he needs to be more involved, and he's been more involved than he's playing. He's Other than the one drop when he was wide open two weeks ago, he's been playing lights out when he gets when he gets the chance to actually handle the ball. And then another bizarre call. I don't know why it happens, but Chris Jones... 
as Brandon Bridge drives down the field, brings out Vernon Adams in the red zone. I, I don't know. I, I get putting out the backup in there for the second and one, third and one plunges or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't get an entirely different package for the red zone. It, it it takes all the rhythm away from your offense, and it looks like it never works. Yeah, so I said this last year. I have no issues with the way Chris Jones manages the team with the signings, trades, whatever. It is what it is. The way that he runs a football game, the way he manages a game, I think is a joke. That Like, why? Ver- I guarantee you Vernon Adams doesn't have the same playbook as Brandon Bridge. He's in there with a totally different package on the offense. Like, why are you going away from what works? It doesn't make any sense. He made it da- game, that far down the field. Yeah, like you, <laughs> this is a game. I know. I know it's 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 after Labor Day now. These are games you got to win, especially against Hamilton. Like this could have been catastrophic. I get it. One one by eight. Yeah, it, it should have been more. And it's crap like that that I just don't get. Hey, Hamilton has really turned it around the last few weeks, and they did keep this game close. Maybe this mm-hmm. is part of the reason. Part of the reason why the Riders won, though, is that spinning penalty. Like, you can't do stuff like that. This could have been a different game if that doesn't happen. Yeah, that that's completely selfish. There's no excuse for that. Um, you know, if I'm June Jones, I'm not too happy with Washington right now. Yeah. Um, he's, he's too good to be doing that crap. Um, so I, I don't think he's going to get sat um, because you don't want to take out – you don't really want to sit a starter, but at some point, crap like that's got to stop. We saw it with Will Hill. He's gone now because yep. they were tired of tired of him being a complete idiot out there. So hopefully Washington learns from this, and uh, it, I, don't see, I don't think it will happen again. I think he's learned his lesson. Let's go to Toronto where we talked about it already. Uh, this hit late in the game. May have, may have sealed it for the Argo. And Jason Moss is losing it, feeling that Mike Riley took a hit to the head here. And again, Moss has no challenge here, and there was no call on this play. There's no call you can't challenge, and he has a point. That was a hit, a blow to the helmet. And here you'll get a closer look at it. Matt Black times it up and hits that B-gap. Kelvin oh. McCarty couldn't get to him. But absolutely. A hit right to the face mask of the Eskimos quarterback. Which would have taken the ball down to the one as well. Well, it would have been halfway to the goal line rod, but either way... Nice, it, nice try. <laughs> <laughs> it it, it would have, could have changed the game. I mean, Edmonton still had to get the two-point conversion there, but on the play before, mm-hmm. Moss again, I think, wasting his challenge. Yeah, like... It was literally, I think, the play before that he threw the challenge play. It was. It was. It got... It was for the offensive pass interference. Well, yeah. On on Duke Williams, and then he didn't have it for the defensive pass interference, and then obviously he doesn't have it for the hit to the head on Mike Riley. Tressman challenged the offensive pass interference there, where it's one of those things where in full speed it looks fine, and then you slow it down, and you're like, well, now I have to call it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a push-off. Sorry, it is. Um, 
you know, I like I like Ambrosi making this change to to one challenge because it does take away that that opportunity to fish for a call at the end of a game. Um, but I think it might have been too hasty uh, for it to be mid season. I think it's going to be tweaked in the off season. Be. I. Because that that's a penalty on Mike Riley, or sorry, on Matt Black's hit on Mike Riley. Yeah, but I don't know why the booth can't initiate that. That that should be like they can review almost anything from the command center. Why can't there be an official there to make to make calls regarding headshots and stuff on the quarterback that might get missed? If they're yeah. so up, if they're so uptight about player safety, that's something that needs to be addressed. I think. Yeah, because so now they have the eye in the sky that sits in the command center, and really all he does is decide little things like who moved first on a procedure or a offside call. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see the eye in the sky given more power. I, I I like the challenges from the coaches. I I do like them only having one. But if the eye in the sky had more power... I bet you he could have said, hey, let's review this play on Mike Riley. Instead of the coach initiating it, he could have just got on the headset to the refs and said, hey, let's review this. Yes, it was roughing the passer on Toronto, uh, first down Edmonton. I'd rather see that than them being forced to you know, use more challenges. I'd rather have more power go to the eye in the sky than more power going to the coaches because we saw what happened with that the last few seasons. Yeah, the, the, the power gets abused, right? Yeah. So uh, flow of the game, way better with only one challenge, I will admit that. But now you're having to save that challenge, and it could be a very critical point in the game, and you have to use it, and then the next play you could be completely screwed. It, it's just unfortunate that some great plays in this in this game were overlooked by what happened at the end. Martise mm-hmm. Jackson has the 125-yard missed field goal return touchdown. Like, come on. That yeah. is awesome. James Wilder, uh, we said at the beginning of the season, everybody said at the beginning of the year, watch this guy because he is a monster. And you know what? Brandon Whitaker kind of winding down in his career. Well, he gets the start here and absolutely – smashes Edmonton. (laughs) The game he had was something else. 11 carries, 190 yards. That's over 17 yards a carry. Well, and, you know, that's boosted by his 70-yard touchdown. It is. Um, But he's the, on fantasy, he's the poor man's Andrew Harris right now. Oh, yeah. And he's going to start costing a lot more money soon. He is. He's he gonna is. Keep, keep having games like this. He also goes seven for seven on receptions for sixty-seven yards. <laughs> yeah. Like he, it's he had a hell of a game. There's no other way to describe it. So we'll see if he uh, can do this again. Uh, I would like to see it uh, again, regardless of Brandon Whitaker's status. I think maybe you you, you have to give Wilder uh, another shot to do it. Edmonton kind of threw a bit of a. Curveball at fantasy players last week. Pascal Lachard listed as the starter on the depth chart, but clearly it was just, you know, 
ratio reasons because they were mm-hmm. switching in Corey Watson and uh, Trayvon Van would be on the field or it would be Lashard and Bryant Mitchell. They were just doing the switches, the ratio stuff, but Van comes back, seven carries, 29 yards, three catches for 11 and a touchdown. And he was also returning kicks, so maybe he's a pick once Edmonton returns uh, against Winnipeg that you want to roll with uh, next week, I guess. Yeah, um, we saw it early this year that he he can put up points. He can he can carry the rock for this team, um, you know. And without a running or sorry, with a running game, this offense, especially now with Darrell Walker coming back, um, this offense could get really scary in a hurry. So Sean White apparently is going to be ready to go for the game against Winnipeg next weekend, but they could have had Grant Shaw for these five games, and maybe they win two or three of them. Uh, Grant Shaw's selling cars in Sherwood Park because the special teams coordinator doesn't like his style. Is that right? Yeah, he just hates he hates balls going through the uprights. Like, <laughs> what style are we talking about here? You can keep Hugh O'Neill to punt and do kickoffs. Grant Shaw's going to hit you field goals, and you're going to win games. Who cares how he kicks it? Pull your head out of your ass. This guy should have been signed the minute Sean White got hurt. And there were some bad uh, discipline moments from the Eskimos as well. There was a play on the sideline. Duke Williams gets tackled. Uh, Marcus Ball ran up to him. I think he kind of maybe antagonized him a bit. But Duke stands up, helmet right into Marcus Ball's face, and there was a penalty there. There was just uh, there was a lot of boneheaded moments for the Eskimos. And I know the calls went against them as well, but they're being boneheads here and there as well. And that discipline... It starts from the top. It's got to be figured out. This is nothing new. For the last couple weeks, we've no. we've seen this with the Eskimos. And you know who I blame is Jason Moss because he's such a hothead that he's not going to be able to control his players. Your players are going to take on the personality of the, of the leader of the ship, of the captain, and that's Jason Moss right now. And he is a complete idiot on the sidelines when it comes to his emotions. And the players are just carrying that onto the field and not, and you see it they're, they're taking so many dumb unnecessary penalties and it's hurting them and I don't, until Jason Moss cools it I don't see it changing we go to the second half of the Saturday doubleheader Calgary beats BC 27-13 I do have to say anytime I can get a highlight from a kicker or a punter I use it. Staggering the two returners this time to try and get it in the hands of Rainey instead of Chris Williams they move Chris Williams up just in case it's a short kick Pressure. Maver pulls it down, and he might run for first down. He's going to get there and steps out untouched at the PC 33-yard line. What looked like a possible puck block is a huge first down for Calgary. Well done, Rob Maver, one of my favorite players in the CFL. That was a fun Punters play. Punters are people, too. <laughs> yes, they are. And, you know... <laughs> He absolutely uh, smashed it. Uh, could have used the uh, clip Mika Awe laying out Roy Finch there where it, it looked like half of his helmet flew off too. There was a piece yeah. of his helmet that went flying in the air, uh, the little guy. and But the biggest thing is Roy Finch returns the next punt and has, you know, a 40-yard return or whatever. Like That was incredible to watch. He's as tough as nails. That yeah, super impressive that he's able to come back into the game after that. I thought that they might have held him out. You know, it, the game was not necessarily over at that point, but I, you kind of felt like BC wasn't going to have anything really go their way. 
So maybe you can take Finch out and, you know, protect him a little bit, but he comes back in and just has an unreal punt return. So he must be okay. Or, you know, he's going to say he's okay, and we'll know. Yeah. We'll find out later that he has concussion, and he'll be out for the rest of the year or something stupid like yeah. that. But. Uh, Bo has been very ordinary lately, 16 of 31 for 240 yards. He did have the two touchdowns, and I, I think part of the reason Finch got laid out there is Bo hung him out to dry. Oh, that was a that was a tailor made suey. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to play the Don Cherry from Rock'em Sock'em <laughs> Hockey Five. Let's go! Oh, Let's no, go! My God, was that a suicide pass? You can't. <laughs> like th- this started happening in the NFL a couple of years ago when the hits on the defenseless receivers became penalties, yeah. and guys would just throw crossing routes because they knew it'd be an f- automatic first down. Yeah. The fact that, well, you know, that should have been a penalty and it should have been an automatic first down. Maybe I don't honestly think that he's trying to get his guy hurt, but holy crap! Like you got to put that ball somewhere else or like you you have to see Alway coming. Like he read that. I know. Before Bo, before Bo released the ball, Alway was on his way there already like holy crap. What is Jonathan Jennings? A mediocre quarterback. Like for now or forever? Well, it looked like he was the second coming a couple of years ago. Um I don't know he, he's not getting a lot of help from his old line. They have a bad Seems like he's under line. pressure a lot. Yeah. Um, but that plays right into his hand because he's so mobile. Um, but he's so young. So, well, not so young, but he's young. Um, you know, and he's been hurt a lot. So he hasn't quite learned the game consistently. He hasn't been able to get consistent reps. I think now with Lule, there's no pressure of a backup coming in. And taking that job, granted, um, he did get pretty banged up there after one of his throws, um, so that could be an issue. But I don't think what we're seeing right now is Jonathan Jennings. I think it's somewhere between this and that game in Calgary last year that went to double overtime. I think we're somewhere in the middle of that. Um, like you know, thinking you know seventy percent. Well, maybe not like sixty-five percent, sixty percent passing. You know, two hundred and seventy yards. Two, three touchdowns, and maybe a pick, and then then you can work off of that, and you know you're gonna go from there. But I th- I think that's what he will end up being. But I don't I think he's way better than he is now. I don't think he's quite as good as his best game has been. I do wonder if he's gonna figure it out this year. Wow, you would think that he w- would have figured it out from last year and keep that momentum going. But it seems like he's forgotten everything. That that receiving it's, it's core weird. in BC is incredible. They have a great running game. Uh, <laughs> but he goes, yeah, fifteen of twenty nine, one hundred and sixty seven yards, no touchdowns, and three interceptions. Yeah, it's not going to win you any games. Never mind many games. Let, let, let's not take anything away from Calgary's defense. Yeah. in this game, um, you know, Jonathan Jennings pretty young and. Calgary's defense and their coordinator know know how to get after the quarterback week after week. They've proven that they can do it. Um, so I think that had a lot to do with it. But at, at some point, Jennings, the, the O-line is just, it looks like a swinging saloon door at points this season, and it it, it doesn't help your quarterback at all. You can no. have the best receivers in the league, but if you can't get him the ball, does it really matter? Yeah, it doesn't. I, I, I'm a fan of Jennings. I 
I want him to turn it around. I'm not convinced he's healthy. Like you said, he did get banged up in this game. Same shoulder that he hurt a few weeks ago, had to leave and, uh, you know, get it worked on and get it looked at, and he did come back into the game. But maybe that shoulder still isn't right. But, I mean, they, they had such a great start to the year. They, they won all those games out east, or three in a row, and mm-hmm. now just tanked. It's it's tough to watch. I, I didn't expect the Lions to be at the bottom of the West at this point in the year. I took them to win the West. How do you think I feel? <laughs> hey, I did too. I went with the alphabetical <laughs> order. and uh, Yeah, um, didn't, yeah didn't I don't work. know. Something's got to change. I don't know. I think in the offseason, I think they have to address the O-line. Something's obviously wrong there. Um, they're giving up way too much. And there's nobody's nobody's got time. And, you know, last week we saw Lule have to run. Second play of the game, he had to escape the pocket because they had already let somebody get through, and that's how he got hurt. So it's a trickle-down effect. Ottawa beats Montreal 29-11. This was a fun play to watch. It will be a 54-yard field goal try for Beattie. That would be his longest of the year. There's not much wind. If any, it's at his back. Willie certainly got the leg for this. Willie stays in the hole. We saw a missed field goal return for a touchdown yesterday in the Toronto Edmondson game. Marquise Jackson made that look easy. 125 yards. And it's wide. Missed to the right. Spencer brings it out. Got it. He's got some room to run. Spencer moves up the sideline. And away he goes. Deontay Spencer, one man to beat. And he is gone. Touchdown, Ottawa. 112 yards on the missed field goal return by Deontay Spencer. I'll let you do the honors, Brazilian tie. How did Darian Durant look in this game? Awful. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, kids, but that that's the truth. He started 0 for 6, unless you count the 25-yard line as a receiver. <laughs> it was so hard to watch. He was bouncing them off of the ground in front of all of his receivers. Man, it... I don't know what's going on there. It doesn't look good. I guess the Alouettes have brought in old Grandpa Ken Miller uh, for to be an offensive consultant. And uh, Durant, I think, loved Ken from his time with the Rough Riders. Mm-hmm. But in this one, it was not good. It was one of the worst performances I've ever seen from him. Uh, maybe the worst performance I've seen from him. But, yeah, you said it. 0 for 6, and they were all, you know, three feet in front of his receiver. It was bad. Yeah, um it was it was so bad. <laughs> it was like I've had to eat crow before and when, when Durant got traded I thought that it was one of the worst moves that I've seen from the Riders in a long time. Me too. Um, and now it's looking like uh maybe Chris Jones knows what he's doing. And like I said earlier, it I had as a general manager he's great. He, he knows how to how to get talent in, and especially Canadian depth. But I just don't like the way he calls a football game. So this this move looks like it looks unreal right now. I, I guess it's been a good move on the field, but also off of it. The Riders were able to save a lot of cap space by mm-hmm. letting Durant walk in February, January, whenever that happened, and they've been able to make some quality signings. 
Uh, Just give all team. that money to Ed Gainey. Well, yeah, who knows if he's, you know, <laughs> yeah, the, another two interceptions for him this week. Who knows if yeah. Saskatchewan's actually under the cap, but. <laughs> uh, Chris Jones doesn't care. For all intents and purposes, they are under the cap, and letting Durant go is a big part of that, I yeah. think. Uh, Drew Willie came in 12 for 17, 83 yards. I think they did say, Cavis did say that Durant would start this week mm-hmm. against Toronto, but the leash is getting shorter and shorter, and maybe he gets that, a quarter if he can't figure it out. That, he's done. At some point, at some point, the quarterback position has to be dealt with in Montreal. They haven't had a legitimate starting quarterback since Calvillo left, and everybody thought when Durant went there, we all thought, "Here you go, you should contend with Toronto for the East," because you know Ricky Ray was going to be healthy. And it turns out that Durant might be... I don't want to say he's done. I don't want to call that yet. But he was so bad. And I think there's either got to be something wrong or he's just lost it. Calgary's record is... (laughs) I don't know if you know where I'm going with this. I think I do. 10-1-1. The second one belongs... To the Montreal Alouettes. Uh huh. How is that a thing? Even a blind squirrel finds a nut. <laughs> that was just a bad day for Calgary. You know they're not going to win sixteen or sorry eighteen games. It's not going to happen. Not in this league. Is this one of those things? Like, why did Hamilton win on Labor Day? It, you know what? It, it feels like about two years ago. But they beat the Riders in week one, and now they both seem like... Both teams have gone completely opposite directions since week one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it, I I couldn't be happier. <laughs> it's... I As a Rider I, fan, I could not be happier. As a CFL fan, it sucks because it's just... It's your free space on the bingo card. Them and Hamilton, it seems right now. Well, you know what? And they filled the place, the Alouettes, and then laid the turd. Or as mm-hmm. Gord Miller put it, laid an oof, which was absolutely brilliant. I thought very underrated commentator. I think Gord Miller. Give me more Gordon Dunnigan any day. But Toronto, they only had 13,000 in the stands on Saturday. But it was a boisterous group. They were making a lot of noise, and it actually seems like they've created a bit of, of an atmosphere in Toronto, that south end zone, they have the double blue order in there. Those guys are crazy. Actually, the same side as the camera at BMO Field, it looks like it's about 70% full. And then the other side of the stands, which is the TV side on TV, is empty. So I, I think It's in the sun, though, yeah. too. Like, I, I would rather much sit in the shade. I agree, and that's where Argo fans sit. It was full on their side of the field. Yeah. Uh, it, it's too bad that has they, they're not able to translate that on TV because that's where the cameras go. You can't fix that. But anyway, uh, Montreal laid enough in front of their fans. Uh, Edmonton did uh, when they had over 40,000 against Saskatchewan. These home teams, man, step up when your fans show up for you. Well, the other the guys on the other side of the ball get paid too. Yeah, they do. Right? And it, let's be honest, that game in Edmonton, that's not 40,000 Eskimo fans. Yeah. Right? So, 
it it road being on the road isn't as bad as it once was now with with the way with the way travel is i mean you, and the hotels these guys are staying in it's basically a home game without sleeping in your own bed yeah when you go from regina to toronto it's no longer a 3 day train ride yeah <laughs> You get there and you can't walk because you got you got a dead leg and no, oh yeah. I could just imagine a three day train ride. That sounds like a lot of fun. And how sober would how sober would they have been when they showed up after three days on a train? Exactly, smoking cigars, drinking whiskey the whole way. No wonder it took losing, so long. Losing all their money playing poker. <laughs> no longer it took so long for a West team to win a Grey Cup. <laughs> so uh, some somewhere we talk about the Alouettes. I, I guess I'll give them this. They are the official team of the Two and Out CFL podcast. Eleven possessions, seven of them were two and outs. Or is this seven of their first eleven possessions? Like that is brutal. They only had eleven possessions. <laughs> they were so bad. Like. I texted you and told you there's nothing to talk about in this game. Oh, you're like, like oh, Deontay Spencer. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, Deontay Spencer returned a kick. Okay. Other than that, like, well, okay, maybe not. Ryan Lindley. Oh, <laughs> this sums up the Montreal Alouettes <laughs> season. Oh, my goodness. So, so I love this stat. Like, Ryan Lindley throws an interception on his first CFL pass and scores two points. It, yeah. I don't know. And it wasn't a convert. Has this ever happened? I don't have the time nor the resources to look this up. The the first pass in somebody's career is an interception, but also puts points on the board. Here's the time of possession in this one. Ottawa had the ball for 41 minutes. So 11 possessions in 19 minutes. They had the ball for less than two minutes of possession. <laughs> That's that bad. is so bad. That is so bad. Uh, and that safety, Devon Campbell picks it off about two yards into the end zone, runs out of the end zone, says, ah, I'm not going anywhere, runs back into the end zone and kneels it. And then does the Dikembo Matumbo <laughs> finger wag as he walks to the bench. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, you're you not look even, ridiculous. You're not even keeping the ball after that. No, like, yeah. Ottawa scores two points, and they get the ball back. You, like, you keep talking about how Hamilton's bad, but I actually think... <laughs> oh, man. I actually think Hamilton might go 6-10 and 10 or 6-12 and uh, 12 or something like that. Uh, Montreal, they might not win another game. June Jones is driving the bus that ran over the entire Montreal roster this week. <laughs> Oh, man, uh, when the deadline comes up, they better trade just about everyone that isn't in the future plans for any pick they can get in the draft. And just if I'm the owners, I fire Cavis Reed and bring in Ed Hervey. Yeah, I, I think Ed has proven that. Or you can, you can keep Cavis. I don't want a guy to lose his job, but Ed Hervey's proven time and time again that he can build a championship team from the ground, basically. I think Ed will be back into the league next season, and uh, somewhere <laughs> Montreal keeps thinking that might I think be. There, I think there's up. two options for him right now. You think Hamilton and well, I wonder if BC's in there too with Wally retiring. Oh yeah, that's another one too. But I, um, I, I also, he's too good not to have a job. 
I also wonder if Wally's going to want to retire if the season keeps going the way it is. He's going to want to come back and go out on top, go out on his terms, not leave on a losing note. Or at least on better terms, you know? <laughs> yeah, like losing to Calgary in the West Final again or something like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pick this week's game. It's everyone's favorite game show. Are you smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters? Pick the weekly winners in the CFL on Facebook or Twitter at 2 and Out CFL. <laughs> That might be the only one that uh, I don't have to change. Too overweight. You Canadian just podcast. read my mind. I was just about to cut you <laughs> off and say, "Hey, we're not going to have to change this one." <laughs> Brought to you by SeatGiant.ca. They have tickets for everything in Canadian dollars, and if you use the promo code Poutine, you'll get a couple percent off of your order. You'll support two and out in the process, and uh, you'll get tickets for. Any sweet event you want to go to. Like Nickelback in Saskatoon on Saturday night. Oh, man. Well, I got My mom and dad wanted to go. I'm going to take them. Well done. I guess I can slow, cap for, <laughs> slow clap for that. I am the favorite. <laughs> Trucker Ty on Twitter. He, he bought some tickets, and, uh, and I think he used the promo code poutine. So thanks for supporting the show, buddy. Anybody else, get on there and check it out. Friday Night Football. It is a doubleheader. And the latest doubleheader I think we've ever seen. Six o'clock mountain time start. It is Winnipeg and Ottawa, probably Ryan Lindley playing for the Red Blacks. Who are you picking? I believe Matt Nichols manages to win this game. Oh, I see what you did there. I thought we banned that word. Uh, Winnipeg is going to... I think they're going to take this one. I, mean, I don't see Ryan Lindley winning a game for the Red Blacks. And if Drew Tate plays, the Winnipeg defense is going to injure him anyway, and Ryan Lindley is going to have to come in. Yeah. So I'm taking the Blue Bombers. <laughs> I'm at home, especially. There's got to be a famous polka guy from Winnipeg that we can start uh, playing for Bomber games. Well, I mean, it would make sense that there would be one. I'm not going to say why. You guys can figure that out for yourselves. (laughs) The second half of the doubleheader, 11 o'clock Eastern kickoff. Man, we're ready for a party in Vancouver. Those Lions fans, they, they should have about $2 beers for this Friday night. That would be a crazy atmosphere there. Lions. And- I would probably be buying a plane ticket for $2 <laughs> beers. Lions and Tiger Cats, where are you going? BC. I just don't think Hamilton's turned the corner like like you kind of think they might have. Um, BC is the better team still, especially at home. They score 32 points a game. Um, Hamilton only scores 18 points a game on the road, so I'm going to go with the Lions. Now, a big part of me does want to pick Hamilton here, but that late kickoff and mm-hmm. the travel might mm-hmm. be ah, really tough on the Tiger Cats. 
I think they've actually looked like a better football team lately than BC. Oh, they, oh well, yeah. I just yeah, that's a nine o'clock start in BC. That's 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 way too late to be playing football. I don't know about you, but I I uh, I'm better at night, man. Don't don't oh, call well, me before I mean, you know nine depend, o'clock. Depend, depends on what we're talking about. <laughs> I, I am not productive in the morning at anything. Um, I, I can be productive at drinking in the morning, and that's about it. When when I'm not working, when I'm not working, if my boss is listening, <laughs> I can sleep in the bathtub in the morning, and that's about it. That's not safe, Travis. Yes, it is. This this is what I use the bathtub for. I set my alarm. Nah, we don't need to know this. I set my alarm <laughs> for an hour before I need to be out of the shower. So I run the water. I set my alarm on my phone, and I go back to sleep in the bathtub. And I wake up, that, and I'm clean. <laughs> that is so weird. You and John are the only two grown-ass males I know that have baths oh come on what's wrong with the bath i'm too lazy to when stand I'm, when i'm sick yeah okay but no you're telling me you don't run yourself a nice bubble bath and and uh, read 50 shades of gray in the bathtub Ooh, mr gray will see you now um <laughs> no because i don't have a bathtub all i have is a shower in my bathroom <laughs> And the bathtub up the bathtub upstairs is for the baby. So I don't know what happened, but I'm picking Hamilton. <laughs> I think you fell asleep in the bathtub and went under, and you cut off oxygen to your brain. There would be for, a for real issue long. if I could fall asleep and fall in water without waking up. Like that would be impressive. <laughs> You'd be the only. I, you, I believe, could do it. <laughs> so, and if Taylor's not home, like this is why it's so unsafe. If Taylor's gone, you shouldn't be doing that. Dude, but whatever, I digress. If if I slip down into my bathtub over water, like my, oh, there would be water all over the place. I would wake up in a pan. <laughs> I'd be fine. <laughs> now, uh, the, I don't think there's any analyst uh, analysis for this game. I'm just going to speak for you. Toronto beats Montreal. Sucks to be you, Montreal. This is not breaking news. That's breaking news. Come on. That Montreal's going to lose and it sucks to be them? No, it did. no, it's not. <laughs> they don't score anywhere. <laughs> they have 17 points in the first half in their last five games combined. So 17 points in 10 quarters. <laughs> they average they average 20.4 on the road. I don't think they're going to get there. No. This week. T- Toronto's defense looks good. Yeah, it and Montreal has turned in the dumpster fire that Hamilton was. Yeah, yeah. All right, this so, one's interesting. Sunday, you'll be there. Where where yes, can sir. people find you if they want you to buy them a beer? Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> I'm I'm the quote unquote pseudo celebrity. Why aren't I getting beers bought for me? You're the pseudo celebrity that has to buy everybody beers. 
Uh, I guess I do have to buy follows. <laughs> You'll buy beers um, for Twitter follows? Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, that just seems obvious. Like Okay, that, what no kind brainer. of jersey are you going to be wearing? Where can people find you? Uh, I'm just, I'll have my home jersey on. I don't have it embroidered. Um, I'm going to try to track down Drew Dalby. He's doing the pregame, so I might be over there. Um, I'm not sure exactly where our seats are. I believe we're on the north end zone. 530, section 530. Row one, two, right? Yeah, and you'll so be on the nobody field. nobody in front of me. You'll be on the field for the pregame. Yes, it's not, not a big deal. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> you can just uh, fire off a tweet or whatever and see if we can, see if we can put something together uh, before the game. So follow us at Two and Out CFL Brazilian Tie will buy you a beer. You heard it here first, folks. Now, <laughs> there's got we got to put a limit here. We got to have a disclaimer, like you know, like first ten customers or something. First ten, okay. I think that's pretty fair. <laughs> that's gonna be like sixty bucks. <laughs> sixty but bucks. I- that's gonna be a hundred. ten dollars for a draft pilsner at New Mosaic Stadium. Oh, I'm not drinking draft pills, and I'll tell you that right now. I got to drive home, and if the, if I drink draft pill, that truck is going to be a biohazard. <laughs> Rider Stampeders, Kevin Glenn gets the start. Who are you picking? Saskatchewan. I'm keeping the confidence low. But I'm putting the confidence at 100. Ooh, since they're at home, both teams, I guess, a little bit banged up. Both teams are winning games. But uh, I think home field is the difference here. I'm picking the riders, too. And would you look at that? The Edmonton Eskimos uh, just made it official. Aaron Grimes is a member of their team. Brazilian tie. That's episode 80 of the 2 and Out CFL podcast. Have fun at New Mosaic. Oh, I plan on it. You have fun not going to a game this week. If you're driving, what are yeah. you going to do at Mosaic? Are you going to buy the 24 pierogies, the two-foot-long hot dog? What are you doing? Uh, maybe both. <laughs> I want to see this. I want to see it for this. life, bud. <laughs> All right, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, like on Facebook, follow on Twitter, and tune out CFL. We will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.